everybody, and welcome back to Talking Softball with Coach B. We're getting the fall season started, and kids are back in school, and it's back to the routine again, right? It seems like in the summertime we get out of the routine, and or it's a different routine, and now as we transition back to the start of school, everybody has to get back into their routine. Is it waking up early? You know, how we're making arrangements for travel, getting kids to and from school, obviously lessons and everything that works into that. I'm back into regular schedule for lessons at the academy and there's just a lot of energy and excitement now at the start of a new school year. Along with that, you know, we're bumping right up to or on September 1st and, uh, you know, it's that time of year again we're going to talk recruiting. And it's that time of year again when everybody gets all concerned about who got a phone call on September 1st, okay? I'm not sure if this one's going to air before or after September 1st, but I will tell you this. Just because you did get a call or didn't get a call on September 1st, it does not mean that your recruiting process is over, okay? In fact... There's a whole lot of work that needs to be done. You know, we have been in a transition now for three years in the recruiting process, right? We had the NCAA rule changes that took out the early recruiting. Then COVID hit and colleges and and universities granted athletes extra years of eligibility through the COVID process. And then obviously... The transfer portal is playing a big role in recruiting right now. So I'm not sure September 1st has as much glamour and gleam to it as it probably did a couple years ago because I think the recruiting process has slowed down greatly. You know, and talking to college coaches this summer and, and talking to them about even some of my current players and just the process as a whole... A lot of the coaches are still trying to figure out how they're going to make it work. You know, they're still dealing with COVID scholarships, right? It wasn't just one year of players. It was multiple years. So they're still trying to figure out how that fits into their budget and fits into their program. Obviously, they want to look at what their opportunities are in the transfer portal. And then they're identifying where high school players are going to fit moving into and transitioning to the college level. So there's been a lot of changes, and I think the process has slowed down a lot. And I still think there's people out there that put a lot of crazy emphasis on September 1st. I still have a couple of 23s on my team that are uncommitted. And I've been told for eight, nine months that Oh, Division Ones aren't recruiting 23s anymore. Division Ones don't have room for 23s. Division Twos aren't recruiting 23s. Those 23s, their only opportunity is going to be to go to junior college. That's just not true. I still believe that all of my 23s are going to get an opportunity at a school at the level that, that they should be playing at. I believe that. You know, we had some late contacts on some of our players, and I really believe that they're going to get an opportunity to get recruited to play it at a level where they have the ability to play. So 24s are really the class that we're talking about, hey, are you going to get a phone call on September 1st? Well, I mean, possibly, yeah. There's going to be a lot of schools making phone calls on September 1st. 
But the first level of kid that's going to get a call on September 1st is that top-tier player, right? It's that top-tier player. If we look at it as a bell curve, you know, it's going to be that top 5 to 7% player. They're going to get the first phone call on September 1st. Then the kids that are closest to that part in that bell curve toward the top of the middle, the grade of the middle, they're going to be the next ones to get that call. But then there's going to be a whole lot of kids in the middle of that bell curve. They may not get a call on September 1st. But schools may still be evaluating and looking at them and trying to figure out how they fit potentially into their program. And there'll be a number of schools looking for that. And I think we have to make sure that we're still doing all of the work needed in the recruiting process to create those opportunities. Okay? And we talk to our players all the time. Make sure you're contacting coaches. Make sure you're doing what you need to do so that they know who you are. Right? And I know there's some out there that say, oh, don't go to camp. Camp's a waste of money. I don't think camp's a waste of money. If you go to the camp with the right mindset that you're going there to market yourself and you're going to make sure you do everything you can to be noticed by those coaches that you want to see you at that event. Right? Oh, don't go to college camps. Those are just money makers. Sure, they generate revenue. But there's also players that show up at those camps and get an opportunity to get recruited. Okay? I think we have to make sure that we're encouraging our athletes to take advantage of every recruiting opportunity out there. Right? Oh, don't use social media. I've seen a lot of players that have gotten recruited using social media. But you have to use social media properly. Make sure that you're not, you know, putting out low-grade quality information about yourself because that's not going to help you. But if you use social media properly and market yourself properly and create an interest, that coach may contact you or may at least come and watch you play. You know, as coaches, what are we doing to make sure we're marketing our players in the process? It's not just on the players, it's on us too. We need to make sure we're contacting people and communicating people about our players. Have we talked to our players to really see what their wish list is? You know, have we broken down in tiers? You know, this is the top four wish list right here, then this is the mid, this, and then this. Right? Have we encouraged them to do their research to find out about schools to do what they need to do to make an educated decision about what school they want to attend. Because it's about a lot more than who has the nicest facility, who wears real cool uniforms, what conference they play in, or this or that. Because, yeah, they're going to they're gonna play softball for that school. But they're going to go to school at that school also. And they're going to have to live in that campus environment, in that community while they're there. I tell players all the time, you know, you got to look at three areas. You got to look at the softball program, you got to look at the educational program, and you got to look at the community. And you have to evaluate all three of those. And I really truly believe softball is not at the top of that list. I think you have to look at the educational program, you have to look at the community, and then softball is number three. 
because softball is a given. You're going to love softball. All right? You're going to love to play softball. But are you going to love going to class? Do you love the classroom size or the classroom environment? Do you love the community you're in? Because if you're not happy in those two areas, softball is going to struggle. All right? And if you're not happy in softball, the other two areas are going to struggle. So they all work together. But I think we have to keep them in the right order. Okay? So coaches, are we doing what we need to do to help our players identify those opportunities and those schools? Now, the last thing we want to do is, hey, Susie's a heck of a shortstop. And, boy, she's a player. She needs to go to X university. Well, she goes to X university, and it might not even have her major. It might not even be the educational environment she wants to be in. Or it may not be the campus size she wants, right? Or it may not be in the type of community she wants to be in. She's a rural kid, and that's a metro school. She's used to being out in the open land of the country. Now, we put her in a metropolitan area that she's just not comfortable in. Well, that's definitely going to affect her education and her softball. So, coaches, we need to make sure we're communicating with our players and doing everything we can to help them in the process. We offering them the tools to use. I mean, everybody talks about recruiting services and recruiting services. Recruiting services are resources. And they can be a very good resource. But it is not the recruiting services job, their sole job to get every kid recruited that's in their program. They're providing them resources to use so that they can command and control their own recruiting process and take charge of it. That's critical. I mean, it's just not fair to think that one person or two or three people can get 100 people recruited. It's just not how it works. Right? That's not how it works in an organization. You know, I have people coming to me saying, you know, what are you doing to help these kids in the recruiting process? What have they asked me to help them to do? You know, I, I provide them resources, but are they contacting me and communicating me and asking me to get engaged in the process with them? Because I just can't pick up the phone and get seven 24 shortstops phone calls on September 1st or whenever it may be, right? And again, September 1st, it's a Division One date. There's a whole lot of other levels out there that we need to worry about. Some great Division II programs, Division III programs, NAI programs, junior college programs, right? Some great programs out there. We don't just, uh, we don't just need to dial everything in on September 1st, and if we don't get a phone call on that day, we don't get recruited. And I know, we're starting the school year. We've got a lot of things going on, a lot of activity. But an athlete that wants to go to the college level and play, they need to be engaged in the recruiting process year-round. They need to make sure that they're doing something every week in the recruiting process, maybe even every day. Because it's all about marketing. It's no different right now than applying for a job. It's going to train them with the skills they're going to need to be able to go out and apply for a job later in life. 
And they need to understand that they're not the only person applying for that job. They need to understand they're not the only person contacting that school. So I think it's important. Again, I'm going to talk to coaches, players, and parents. I already talked about the coach's role. Identify what you need to do. Players, make sure you're taking care of your business. And parents, make sure that you are encouraging and engaging your daughter in the recruiting process. All right? I always hear parents say, well, I don't even understand the recruiting process. I don't know what to do. Well, then ask someone. Seek out advice. Don't just ignore it, but educate yourself on it so that you can provide guidance. Because if you don't know about it, then maybe Susie's not going to know about it. And if Susie doesn't know about it, wow. Then, then they're behind in the process, right? Parents and players, you can't just take it all and dump it over here in the coach's lap and say, here, get my kid recruited. Not how it's going to work. Not how it's going to work. Everybody needs to work together to make the recruiting process work. Everybody needs to understand that September 1st is really a date on the calendar. It's not the end all. Everybody gauges up to that date, and if I don't get a phone call, oh, I'm not going to play college softball. No, that's not the way it is. Process has changed. It's ever-changing. It's unique to each individual player, and that's why each player and family needs to be engaged in it and work with the coach as a quality resource. And if you're going to use a recruiting service or any other tools out there in the process, that's great. But educate yourself on the process. Educate yourself on what you need to do to find that best opportunity. And again, education, community, softball. Because at the end of four years, that's it. You're going to walk off that campus with an education and hopefully a great experience in the community and in the softball program. They all have to work together. They all have to work together. And they all need to be in the right perspective. Best of luck in the recruiting process. I hope everybody gets an opportunity to reach their goal of someday playing at the collegiate level. But understand, to get there, it's going to take a lot of work. And that process is not easy. And those that understand it and make it work for them are the ones that are going to get the best opportunities. So, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. I absolutely enjoy every opportunity I have to just sit here and talk softball. And as always, if you have a topic or an idea that you'd like to talk about, please contact us through our Facebook page, Talking Softball with Coach B. You're going to see some things coming out for through Coach B Softball Academy. We're going to get ready to launch a Coaches Academy this fall, be coming later in October. So we'll talk more about that here. And I just want everybody to have a great day and continue to enjoy this great game of softball. Well, that's it for today. I want to thank everyone for listening, and I hope you're enjoying Talking Softball with Coach B. I ask you to subscribe through your local podcast provider. You can also follow us on facebook.com slash talking softball. It gives you an opportunity to provide 
feedback and also provide any questions that you might want us to answer on an upcoming episode. This has been Talking Softball with Coach B, and I want to thank you for listening, and I hope everybody has a great day.